Hey, welcome to Fathering Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift, and I'm not the perfect dad, but every day I am trying to be better. Let me tell you, I've got a doozy for you today, but before we jump into the fun stuff, let me tell you a little bit about my family, because I love being a dad, I love my kids, and I love sharing our little stories. The first thing I want to tell you truly is more of a praise report, but we've tried to potty train our youngest, Jojo. She's one, she's about to be two, but we have not had any success in potty training her. She likes to sit on the toilet, but she's never actually used the toilet until the other night. She walked into the bathroom. She initiated this entire encounter. She said she wanted to potty, so we took her PJ pants off. We removed her diaper. I sat her on the toilet, and by the grace of God, she started to potty like a big girl, and were we ever so thrilled. Now, let me tell you this. If you are on baby number one, and you are getting ready, or you're not quite to the potty training stage yet, when you have a successful experience like this, you better be so extra because you want to get it through to your child that this is a really, really good thing. Because what it means for you is that you don't have to change diapers anymore. Now, this is baby number three for us. So for us, it is entirely genuine when we are thrilled that we have just a glimpse of hope that just around the corner, we will be done with diaper duty. There's not a father I've ever talked to who recounts their experiences on raising their children who has said, you know what, I really miss changing poopy diapers. Not a single dad has ever said it, and I'm sure that not a single dad ever will. So that's the first praise report. The second thing was just a bizarre and funny story by the end of the evening, but we went out to eat the other night, my family, including my parents and my sister, And my son just dropped this bomb of a surprise on us by telling us that his two front teeth were loose. And when I say that they were loose, he wiggled one and his entire gum moved. It was crazy. So we ate, they played, and at the end of the evening when we were getting ready to leave, he went to my father, his papa, who took on his first two teeth, and he went to work, long story short, In a matter of minutes, both of those suckers came out. And just in the nick of time for Halloween, my son currently looks like Smeagol from Lord of the Rings. So that was a really easy costume call for us for Halloween. But it was was crazy and it was fun. And, you know, now he's trying to learn how to say his S's all over again. And it's, it's, it's just a lot of fun. As a dad, when this happens, you enjoy your stories. You might not enjoy these stories as much as I do, but when you have these experiences yourself, you're going to smile because they're special to you. But let's get into the doom and the gloom that I warned you of at the beginning of this episode. First of all, the takeaway that I want you to have from this episode is that your focus as a father is on your children and on your home. They are your priority. They get your attention. And I say this In contrast to the culture, your responsibility as a father is less about combating the culture and more about raising your children. It's less about combating the culture and more about raising your children. Now, I'm not saying that you can't speak out against the culture, but what I don't want you to do, what I've seen some people do is they get so bent out of shape 
by what they see in the world that they give their entire focus and all of their attention to making their case against this cultural element, and they have nothing left to give to their kids or to their families. If you do that, if you win some cultural dispute, but you're not at home investing in your children, then maybe you've won a little battle, but you have lost the war. Your focus needs to be on your children, because I'm going to say this, I'm going to make this claim. You cannot blame the culture for how your kids end up. So your focus has to be on your children because you don't get to point a finger to the culture and say there was no way I could have raised good kids because of what was going on in the world. You cannot say that. You cannot use that excuse. Your focus needs to be on your children. Now this episode is going to be very applicable to Christian fathers like myself. Because as a Christian, the Bible is my guide. And I look out in the world and I see a lot of things in society and mainstream media that go against my belief system. Now, there's a number of different things within the culture that I could pinpoint, but I'm going to pinpoint one, and I'm just using it as a platform to ask you two questions. Two questions that I want you to ask yourself. And depending on how you answer these questions, you either need to keep up the great work or you need to radically change the way that you father. But the thing that I want to use to get to those questions is the LGBTQ movement. And yes, I do think it's a movement. Yes, I think there's an agenda. There's an agenda to some extent anyway. I mean, most of us probably saw the leaked meeting where the Disney executives confessed that, yes, they're being intentional about implementing LGBTQ elements in their films, even the ones that children watch. I mean, just the other day, I've let my children watch some of the Ice Age movies. I've never had any big issues with those. But there's a new short film where Sid the Sloth starts up a little daycare for the eggs so that all the mommy dinosaurs can drop their eggs off and he'll take care of them. Well, one of the quote-unquote mothers is a male dinosaur who has a partner. And as soon as I saw it, I turned it off. My son asked, why'd you do that? I said, this is inappropriate. I'll explain it to you when you're older, but we are not watching that film. And that's where I left it. It's sad that we cannot escape it, that the agenda is so strong, that the movement is so adamant that it is, in a sense, infiltrated. Everything, it seems like. I mean, Sticking with Disney, I loved the Marvel series. I loved it. It got all the all the way to Endgame. You have the snap, the I am Iron Man. It's just iconic. I mean, that was such a great series. But all the new films seem less about that heroic, action-packed film that captivates the mind and more about the LGBTQ agenda. And it's sad. But even outside of Disney, the other night, we went out to eat, and there was a family that walked in behind us. They had, they had three boys, and they sat at a booth where their boys had a direct line inside of the TV, and I could see it from the angle of our table, and it was an NBA game. But I happened to glance over there and notice that there was a commercial on, and it was about a medication. But 95% of this commercial was men being overly touchy 
and affectionate. It was inappropriate. And I think the parents somehow noticed in the body language of their children what was happening. And when they turned around and saw the father, and keep in mind, we were a pretty decent distance away from this table. He looked at his kids and he said, you put your eyes on the table now and you stop watching the TV. Look, we don't all want to see that. I don't promote it. I don't advocate for it. I don't. I don't want my kids to be open and exposed to that. And it's not just the homosexual factor. It's the trans factor. I can't believe that we live in a world where there are people, and I don't even want to call them parents, but they allow their kids at the ages of 7, 8, 9, 10 years old, before they hit puberty, make this decision that, you know what? Yeah, everything about me says boy, but in my head I think girl, so therefore that's what I want to be. I don't understand how people do that. You are completely forsaking your responsibility as a father if you allow your child to do that. All you're becoming is a glorified landlord where you allow this little person to have a space in your home. You are not being a father if you allow them with this ridiculously small amount of knowledge about life and the world to make a decision that is that monumental. I cannot believe that we are at a place in time where this happens. But it's everywhere. It's, it's all over the place. They have people dressed up as the opposite sex reading to children in libraries, even happening in churches of all places. It's insane. And I don't appreciate it. I don't like it. And as much as I don't like it, and while I can speak out from time to time, if my focus ever shifts to spending more time and attention on speaking out against the culture than spending time and instructing my children, I'm losing. I'm missing the point. We can't do that. That cannot be an option. And the thing that baffles me is it's not just homosexuality. It's not just transgenderism. It goes beyond that. I saw a video the other day that just left me baffled. This man, which I think he identified as trans, but also in a different sense. I think they referred to it as other kin. And that is when a human identifies as something that is non-human. And in this particular instance, this man identified as a wolf. This grown man identified as a wolf. And he told the story of how it all started. He was nine years old, and he was talking with some other girl in some online chat room, I'm assuming, that maybe he actually knew, but maybe he didn't know that it was a girl that was his age. But she got him to watch this anime series, and the intro of the anime series started out with a big white wolf, and he said he was just captivated and drawn to it. Yeah, you're a boy. We like things that are rough and tough and gruesome. That's what boys like. So yes, of course, he liked the wolf, and he said he started to research the wolf and learn more about the wolf, 
And by the time he was 12 years old, he said he was certain that he himself was actually a wolf. My question in all of this is where in the world are the parents? Where are the parents? There had to have been a discussion with his parents at some point about his interest in wolves. And there should have been signs that something was going on. Where were they? Maybe he grew up without parents. Maybe it's a situation like that. But I just don't understand. If my son, who loves bugs, tried to tell me that I love bugs so much, I think I must be a bug. No, no, nobody. You have wings? No, I don't have wings. How many legs do you have? Only two? Well, well, you're short, just a few. Do you do this? Do you do that? No, 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 no. You don't do any of those things. You are a human. You are a boy. You have a, a really high interest in bugs. Grow up and be an entomologist. Study bugs. See what you can learn from them. See how you can help them. But don't ever think that that's what you are. I just don't understand where the parents are in these scenarios. And again, I know that there are some people who call themselves parents and allow their kids who are ridiculously young to decide that they're not the gender that they actually are. Shame on you. I, I, just, I just don't think you're an actual parent. You're not, you're not doing your job. You're not being a parent. You're not being a father. If you allow a seven, eight, nine, ten year old getting ready to hit puberty, decide, oh, I want to take some treatment to kind of, you know, forgo the whole process because I, I'm not I'm not quite sure what I am. It's it's a no-brainer. Anyway, I I'm not gonna keep harping on that element. What I want us all to realize, and I think we do, is that there are things in the culture that we don't agree with. As Christian dads, there are things in the culture that we do not agree with. But Again, our responsibility is less about combating the culture. It's more about raising our children. Here are the two questions that I want you to ask yourself because I don't think you can use the excuse of, well, the culture was against me. There was no way I could raise good children because of how the culture was. The two questions I'm asking you to ask yourself, the first one is, are you involved and actively engaged in your children's lives? Do you know what they like? Do you know what kind of content they consume? Do you know who their friends are? I, I don't think you have to stalk them. I don't think you have to be big brother to them, but you need to be involved. You need to be interested. It needs to be genuine. When you ask your kid about their day, it's because you really want to know about their day. And if you hear something that's alarming, then you act. But it doesn't need to be a prison. It doesn't need to be some sort of a camp where you're the dictator, and if they do anything that goes outside of your rule and your reign, then you have a problem. It doesn't need to be that way. Be in a relationship with your kids. Be interested in their lives and guide them along the way. There's no reason that there's a guy who thinks he's a wolf. That, that should have been a, a, a very easy thing for parents to fix. But parents clearly weren't there. And I don't understand that. So my question to you is, are you involved and actively engaged in your children's lives? Especially when it comes to content, 
you cannot trust whatever your streaming provider of choice is to produce content that is going to be appropriate for your children. You either need to watch it before they watch it, or you need to watch it with them. Because if they watch something, and you don't have an established bridge of communication with your children, and they see something that they don't understand, but they're uncomfortable coming to you, they're going to go to a peer. They're going to go to, to another adult, and there's a good chance, especially with a peer, that they're not going to see things the way that you see them. And they're going to start forming these assumptions and these ideas because you're not involved. You need to have clear communication with your children. I'm not going to go into everything, go back and listen to the other episodes about communication with your kids, but you need to have communication set up with your kids so that when even they do something that is wrong and they make a mistake, they're comfortable coming to you because they know that you're not going to react and retaliate, but you're going to take an opportunity to teach them They know that they can come to you with their mistakes because you will help them pick up the mess. You will help them understand where they went wrong. And you'll help them to make things right. Are you actively involved and engaged? There's no telling what my son would have thought. Maybe he would have thought nothing if I wouldn't have turned off that Ice Age short film. But maybe he would have seen something and he would have thought, oh, maybe this is normal. Because kids are innocent. They're vulnerable. They're gullible. Kids take in information and they remember it. They're sharp. And if you're not there and you're not involved, then you don't have an excuse. I know people who have kids who ended up in a way that they would have never dreamed and they just don't understand. I don't understand how this happened. Yes, you do. You weren't involved. You weren't actively engaged in their life. And other people were. That's why. If you're not actively involved and engaged in your kids' lives, you don't have an excuse. You can't blame the culture. If you're too busy fighting the culture and not raising your children, you don't get that excuse. You don't. You have to be involved. You have to be engaged. The second question that you need to ask yourself is, am am I the role model of masculinity that my kids need to see? Are you proud of yourself? And I don't mean egotistical. I don't mean that you're some egoist you really like the way that you do everything and you're really proud of everything that you do because you're just, oh, so great. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, are you proud of the way that you conduct yourself? That you're, you're choosing to do things with character and integrity and that you feel comfortable saying that you are a good role model and example for your children because Boys and girls, your sons and your daughters will look to you and they will learn different things based off of your example of masculinity. Your sons will learn a lot. They'll pattern everything that they do after you. They'll see your aggression. They'll see your strength. They'll see your emotions. They'll see the way that you conduct yourself. They'll see the way that you treat their mother. And they will pattern everything after what they see from you. 
Are you giving them a pattern that you want them to follow? Your daughters will do the same thing, especially with how you treat their mother. Because they'll see the way that you treat your wife, their mom. And that's going to be what they look for in a spouse. That's going to be what they look for in other men. They're going to find someone who does to them what you did to their mother. Even if it's bad, it's funny how it happens that way. People almost develop this comfort and this familiarity with what they had in the home. And if it was chaos, they often find chaos. So ask yourself, am I the role model that I want my kids to see? Am I the display and the example of masculinity that they need? Because there will be so much that your kids learn from you that you never speak to them. They'll watch and they will observe and they will form ideas and conclusions based off of the way you conduct yourself. These are the two questions that I think are most important, at least more important than your dispute with the culture of today. Yeah, there are things that I disagree with. Yes, there are things that I could speak up against. Yes, I think it is insane that children are getting this affirming gender treatment. I, I, th- I think that is ludicrous. But before I begin to ever address that, I need to make sure that, one, I am involved and actively engaged in my children's lives. I know what they like. I know what they enjoy doing. I know what they're consuming as far as content is concerned. And the second question, am I being the example that they need? Am I being the man that I would be proud and comfortable of my son becoming? Am I being the husband that I would be proud and comfortable with my daughters marrying? Am I the display of masculinity that they need? These are the questions that you need to be more consumed with, more than the culture more than what Disney is doing. Before you boycott Disney, you better make sure that you've answered yes to these questions. You better make sure that you are focused on your children, on your home, on your family before you pick a fight with the culture. Because you do not get to blame the culture for how your kids end up. They have to be your focus. They have to be your priority. They have to get the majority of your attention because I want you to remember this. Your responsibility as a father is less about combating the culture and it is more about raising your children. So ask yourself the questions. Am I involved and actively engaged in my kids' lives? And am I being the role model that my kids need to see? Am I the display of masculinity that my kids need to see. This is Fathering Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift. Thank you for being with me, and I hope you will join me next time.